everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk Podcast. This is Amy Bisson here with Mickey Dumont. We are the hosts of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members, and we'll keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. One of the most talented and passionate advocates for public education is AFT Mass Director of Organization Brian LaPierre. Brian is a member of the Lynn Teachers Union, and he formerly taught at the Thurgood Marshall Middle School and Lynn English High School. Tireless, enthusiastic, and resolute, Brian's energy, enthusiasm, and support for public education makes him a force to be reckoned with. As a political organizer, and now as AFT Mass Director of Organization, Brian is usually found at the forefront of issues and campaigns affecting public schools in Massachusetts. Brian has twice been elected City Councilor at Large in Lynn, Massachusetts, topping the ticket in both 2015 and 2017. As Massachusetts gears up for our next educational fight, the Fund Our Future campaign, we know Brian will be on the front lines ensuring that our schools receive the funding support that is needed. Good morning, Brian. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Oh, I'm happy to be here, Mickey and Amy. Thank you for uh, having me up as a guest. You know, I've worked with you for many years through AFT Massachusetts, and I get dizzy just seeing and hearing about all the things that you do and that you lead and you promote. I, I... it's, I, I'm amazed. Oh. Can you can you tell us a little bit about how you originally came to work at AFT Massachusetts? Sure, I'd love to. And we do go back quite some time. I can't put a year on it, but I know our, our tenure and friendship uh, involved many years. So um, I guess as a classroom teacher, I began uh, my work in Lynn, as you noted, as Amy said in the opening. I taught um, middle school, Thurgood Marshall Middle School, sixth and seventh graders. And um, Can that I just was, say, uh, God bless you. God bless, right? The middle school, having a middle schooler coming up, you know, an 11-year-old, I am now sympathetic because I was young and single and had a lot of energy in the mid-90s when I started teaching. And um, I guess that has uh, prepared me well for being a parent now of a similar age child. So, sure. um, But I did uh, six or seven years, I think it was seven years at the Marshall Middle School before going up to the Lynn English High School in 2001 where I was a social studies teacher and really did a lot of the things you might um, know as, as government relations, local and state government, U.S. History 1 and 2. And uh, one of the greatest uh, curriculums I was assigned was uh, street law, where I got to mm-hmm. really teach a senior elective and do a lot of criminal justice stuff. And I really enjoyed sort of um, it was enca- encapsulating sort of Lynn's history with case study work and police work and legal work. And um, in, 2000, in 2001, I was also elected with Alice Gunning to be her vice president mm-hmm. of the Lynn Local. You know, and that's probably where we got to um, meet up and and see one of one another as as offices of our local, and um, you know from there as being a field uh, rather a vice president of the local, I was exposed to AFT mm-hmm. and um, you know our state federation, the national, and I would do a lot of political work under Kathy Dwyer. You might recall Pat Kathy was sure. our former political director. And worked on various campaigns and things like she's that. She's still very active, too. She's still very active out of our Bill Ricca local. She was the first political 
um, director under Kathy Kelly at the time, the AFT Mass, or back then MFT, as you recall it, mm-hmm. the Mass Federation of Teachers, and Kathy was uh, Kathy Kelly's first uh, political director. So in 2008, I uh, signed up and applied to be a field representative, uh, who you have up here, Karen LaFlamme now. You know the work that the great work that field reps can do within a local, working mm-hmm. with Michael Earl, your field rep. And mm-hmm. uh, from there, I did that job for four years where I crisscrossed a lot of the locals throughout the state, mm-hmm. got to meet leaders like yourselves uh, in the locals and work with them to enhance uh, the union and their benefits and the contracts and service the locals. So in 2012, I was um, uh, appointed as the political director, uh, taking over for Kathy once she retired. And we had some great victories in 2012. I recall going back to former Congressman John Tanney on the North Shore. Sure. Uh, and, uh, of course, Elizabeth Warren, who was mm-hmm. first run for U.S. Senate. So from there, we had her up there, uh, up in Lowell, as a matter of fact. Yes, we, we see did. some collages here and a bus tour. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth was part of that. And then from there, in 2016, under President Tom Gosnell, he appointed me as his director of organization, taking over again for the retiring Anne-Marie Dubois. And um, with the blessing from the board, here I am a couple of years later into this work. And and I do moonlight as a city councilor, as Amy mentioned, uh, in Lynn <laughs> yeah. in the evenings and on the weekends. So a lot going on throughout our state, a lot happening in Lynn and Lowell and everywhere in between. And I'm just happy to be a guest here on your 26th podcast, yeah. which is well, incredible. I'm delighted to have you, Brian. We're very happy to have you. Thank you Can so I much. just ask a quick question as an aside to your... Uh, background here. As a Lynn English High School teacher, were you able to promote any civic engagement with the students? It's funny you ask that. Yeah, I'm a graduate, you know, of Lynn English High School as well. So I had that perspective of going to the school and then teaching at the school where I had former teachers of mine who are now my colleagues. And I um, headed up the student government. So I headed up the student council in Lynn at Lynn English High school and uh, one of the things we did in the community which I really thought was tremendous service was through the Lions Club we did a um, child identification program and my seniors would go out into the community at any given and we do the dental records of the kids the fingerprinting of the kids we'd assist with the other providers and so every child uh, throughout the Lynn school system over 15,000 kids were identified God forbid if there was an abduction or where it was needed Uh we did the chins program there citywide so it was great great experience and serving like my brother's table and other pantries and mm-hmm. and just things in the community that we just did as, as community service models you know oh that's terrific yeah it was i'm not really surprised great. at all very no, worthwhile very am I. <laughs> we always try to give back as much as we can yeah that's great so brian we know that a new campaign is starting up fund our future Can you talk a little bit about what that means? Sure. Yeah, I'm excited to. um, As we embark upon the new year uh, in 2019, as you folks know, it's the new session up at the State House in Massachusetts, and the legislature just got back to work after the holiday break. They're all sworn into office, those that won in November and those that were reelected or had no opposition returning to the State House. And we are cautiously optimistic Mm -hmm. that a funding bill for public education will happen this session, and sooner rather than later, I should add. As you recall, the history here, Mickey and Amy, is that, you know, this bill stalled. It had a lot of uh, momentum. We had a lot of feet on the ground last school year, a lot of hope and optimism around 
Finally, funding. As you know, Lowell is underfunded by $42 million per year. Mm-hmm. $42 million is a lot of money, over $2 million per school. And imagine Stunning. the money, what you could do mm. for programming and our students and class size and wraparound services and providing social-emotional learning and uh-huh. everything that goes along with that. Right. So we're looking at this new... Uh, as it stalled last when, uh, last summer, it did not get out of the House. It got to the Senate, and it had a lot of good things in it, and it was a roadmap to sort of appropriate the funding we needed and a recognition, not even a costly bill yet, to recognize how underfunded our schools were mm-hmm. and how we're going to deal with this long term. So now here we are four or five months later, new session, a new bill has been filed. It's called the Education Promise Act. Sonia Chang-Diaz, who's on the Senate as the chairperson of the Education Committee for the Senate, and her counterparts in the House, Rep. Aaron Vega of Holyoke and Mary Keefe of Worcester. Sonia Chang-Diaz is from Boston. She's a Boston state. Yes, in the Jamaica Plain area, exactly. She's uh, been a catalyst on this and has refiled a similar but a different-looking bill, which promises, that's in its title, of course, the education promise to all of our students and communities, that they will attack this issue, this funding our schools issue, and it's a five-prong attack. It, it funds ELLs, which are English language learners, uh, and the costs associated with those folks to educate uh, special needs kids um, as well, which are also you know costly um, because of the needs associated with, with that. There's also um, the charter reimbursement, which is critical. Healthcare insurance costs that have risen so much that our schools can't keep up with the rising cost of health insurance. That's right. And also, um, there are some things around data and some you know task force that will be determining where the money is going to be, what they're going to use as a uh, benchmark, and things of that nature. So, as I said, it's new. It just got rolled out last week. We're going to be asking our members to really get active on this all winter long. And we're hopeful, you know, and we want it done, as I said, this school year. We really want this to be done and supported by the governor and the Speaker of the House and the Senate president. But when everyone locally is crafting their budgets, this mm-hmm. this right now, this time, right now. as we head into January and February, and we want to bring to the city councils and school committees a nice approved budget with a lot of funding come March and April when they're deliberating their budget. So. Brian, can you tell us how important it is for senators and reps to actually co-sponsor this bill? Absolutely. You hit the nail right on the head, Mickey, when you said, you know, we, we have broad support. But what we need here in Lowell, let's say specifically, we really need the new senator, Senator Ed Kennedy, mm-hmm. uh, who was there last week. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate his attendance. Just mm-hmm. being at the press conference says that he's invested in public education. Mm-hmm. And he recognizes the needs here in Lowell and his other communities that he represents. And I think him advocating to Senate President, she's new, Karen mm-hmm. Spilka yeah. out of Ashland, is going to be critical. And and on the House side, um, you know, we have House uh, Representative Roddy Mom, who's now been in two or three terms, mm-hmm. and um, Representative Nangle and Representative Golden, who are real veterans up at the State House. They need to be talking to Speaker DeLeo, frankly, about what this is going to do for their schools for their community, for the representation that they provide from the voters who elect them and re-elect them and put their faith in them. They really need to advocate on our behalf of our members, the teachers in the classrooms, the paraprofessionals, the custodial, our security folks, everyone on the ground, cafeteria workers, 
and making sure that that translates into the parents and the community. I know you're working right now diligently with LASIA, yes. which is the Lowell Education Justice Alliance. These, All of these things combined is such a critical, but it starts with these stakeholders that are in Beacon Hill and up on the hill advocating and pushing for us mm-hmm. locally with the, with the right people like the power, uh, which is, you know, Representative Peich of, of, uh, of uh, Wellesley and Speaker of the House DeLeo. We have to make sure that Lowell gets its fair share out of this Promise Act. So, so it would be totally reasonable for us to urge all of our members to contact their legislators to urge them to co-sponsor this bill now. Absolutely. It's like voting. Vote as often as you can if you can. I mean, be a real powerhouse when it comes to advocacy. I mean, if it's not just email, it's a follow-up phone call. Um, you know, nag Nagel, frankly, nag Golden, because these folks, uh, and Roddy Mom as well, and Senator Kennedy, we need to know, they need to know that they're hearing from constituents. And sometimes it's a phone call to a legislative aide okay. who will take a note and mm-hmm. log in the call log. But if we get tens and dozens and 50 and hundreds of uh, not only members, but our community members sure. and our partners that believe in public education and believe in fair shot for all our kids in the school right now. Mm-hmm. They don't get do-overs. The kid in fourth grade right now at the Merklin's not going to get a do-over. So this is the time. Right. This is the promise. So I would encourage all of our members to really pick up the phone, do an email, follow up, and follow up a lot. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that, Amy, could actually go in one of our next five for Friday Absolutely. We will put the contact information in our e-blast for UTL members, but we will also have contact information for people who are not members of the UTL but still listen to our podcast at the bottom on the podcast website. Okay, perfect. That's terrific. We have developed some sheets. It's a Fund Our Future sheet that's specific and really customized for Lowell. But of course, you might have a member who teaches in Lowell but lives in another community. So any type of advocacy when they call their own state rep, where they reside, or their state senator, making sure everyone's on board. Like you said, co-sponsoring. Make sure if what is their level of support? They can't just tell you they're going to support the bill. Well, are you willing to be a co-sponsor on the bill? Are you willing to go to Speaker DeLeo and have a meeting with him to talk about um, the $42 million that Lowell is being shortchanged right now? We want actionable steps from our legislators. We want them to really be bold. We and we want it sooner. I can't emphasize enough the calendar here. We want it so it's ready for next year's school year. And we want this done in this spring's budget. We would like not only our legislative members to have actionable items, we would like our members, our UTL members, to have actionable items. And one of those is to reach out to whoever represents you in the Massachusetts legislature and talk to them, start a conversation, get them to know that we support this, this is important, and it can't wait. Yeah, phone calls count. Yes, they do. They count, and legislators know what the phone calls mean. Yeah, and they do keep track of how many they get. They do, and if they get 10, they're going to say, eh, it's not that big a deal. But if they get 100, then they're listening. It's powerful. I mean, and I think you guys are hitting it on the head. Like, what we can do is where it's a little, you know, it's the winter months, and it's not really, the next step is to have a public hearing at the State House around this bill, and there's a lot of energy and positivity around this, but... What we can do here at the UTL or through LASIA, we can have a collaborative sort of partnership in district meeting where we don't have to send hundreds of people to the state house to lobby on our behalf, Mm -hmm. but we can have them right here in district. Come over to Merrimack Street. Let's listen. Let's put all of our facts and information because we know 
we're on the right side of this issue. We've been we struggling are. with this for decades, yeah. frankly, Absolutely. since the Ed Reform Act came into play in 1993. Hasn't been updated or revised since. So have an in-district meeting with Senator Kennedy, with the state rep delegation, and explain to them, with a room full of people, how this is going to impact their classroom, how this will impact their kids' education, and the quality of it. So I can't emphasize enough those sort of building blocks as we build toward a greater public hearing and then a vote eventually, and we'll get this thing through. And can I just make a point, Brian, that when the original... um foundation budget was created in 1993 wasn't part of that that it would be updated every three or five years yes i yeah i i believe that it it should have been looked at at least in review from 1993 you remember it was mark roosevelt and mike barrett uh, and Senator, I think, Birmingham at the time, you know, the intent was to update this quite regularly and yeah. go back into the communities and see what the feedback was. Now, that didn't happen until at least 2015. That's correct. When the Foundation Budget Review Commission... Not much review uh, there. Not much at all no. over a course of uh, 15 or 20 years at least, more than 20 years, Um and what happened was, what they found was they did this listening tour. It was a bipartisanship. There were different folks on there from different organizations. We had a voice, AFT Mass. We had Coley Walsh on there mm-hmm. from our uh, organization. But everyone took a look and went into the different communities and found that we were grossly underfunded and we were doing way more with less. It was unbelievable that we were maintaining this number one in the nation in terms of where we rank in our public education and the dollars that we're spending on our kids. So from there, in 2015, it's taken almost, what, four years to just get to this point. Not only the recognition that we're underfunded, but what are we going to do about that? That's right. And where are we going to, what areas are we going to attack first? So and that's where we are right now. We need to know what are we going to do about that because we're at critical mass right now. Exactly right. Well, I know that we, as, as a union, the UTL, is on top of this right at the get-go, and we will be disseminating information to our members regularly, and I know we're going to have you back again. It's terrific. Uh, I'm happy to. As we move great. along so that you can give us updates. So, I mean, we're moving in the right direction. We sure are. And I know you've had other folks from the State Federation, uh, Jeremy Shank, a political organizer, and Brant Duncan, our secretary-treasurer, along with our newly elected President Beth Contos. And uh, we're happy to join you uh, and give you these updates necessary because what's happening at the UTL, it's very unique. You guys are on top of things and you get out the information, but we want to make sure all our locals statewide Mm -hmm. are as aggressive as you are and putting out the materials and making sure members get engaged and get involved in this campaign because we want to be successful not only in Boston but in Lowell and in Lawrence and in Lynn and every other community we represent so happy to um, you know work hard on this and get this done and I have to say Amy and I know you know this too we could not be more fortunate than to have the people at AFT AFT, representing us standing behind us supporting us all the way yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So we can't thank you and the AFT Mass staff enough for everything that you folks do. Well, thank you. It's our pleasure. And we have a great diligent staff of field okay. reps, you know, with we Karen do. and the trainings that we do and some of the deck clinics you've held already. And Dedication the first book, is amazing. The yes. first book event that you, you guys really spearheaded a couple of years ago in the Lowell community was just fabulous. And we are a family. You know, it sounds corny at times, but we're a family that looks out for one another and we want to do just by it. We want to do right by folks and the members we serve, but more importantly, the parents and the kids who are yeah. 
they get one shot at this, and That's we've got right. to do right yeah. by them as well. That's right. Absolutely. Well, thanks to Brian LaPierre for chatting with us on Straight Talk today. As this campaign to fairly fund our public schools gathers steam, we promise to have Brian return to keep us updated with ways members can help ensure the success of this vital campaign. We'll, we will post some links to articles of interest, and we'll have some additional information detailed in our Five for Friday e-blast. And we'll post the same information on our podcast website. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We welcome your general comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, or if you are aware of UTL members who might be willing to share their experiences and expertise, send us an email at utl-straighttalk at gmail.com. We'll be back with another podcast episode in another week. Until then, this is Amy Bisson with Mickey Dumont wishing you a great week.